following podcast has not been rated. You're listening to Fullbacks Are People Too, The Fact. And here's your host, CJ Newman. Fullbacks are people to the fat. This week has been a very interesting week in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. We've got quite a few coaching announcements going on. There has been some eliminations in the wild card rounds of the playoffs. Uh, there's some new matchups coming this weekend for the divisional round. There's a lot of news in the NFL coming up that we need to talk about. So today I brought in a good buddy of mine. Uh, his name is Brandon Stasco. I was the best man at his wedding. He's a good uh, Baltimore Ravens fan. Very knowledgeable football guy. Pretty good with... Uh, scouting of college quarterbacks with uh overall college scouting he uh called odell beckham jr a couple years ago when nobody else did and uh he ended up becoming a pretty decent star i would say so uh that's his claim to fame as far as uh, being a good scout and nobody else was talking about odell at the time but he was all over him so uh this week we're going to be talking about the uh the coaching changes the carousel with that the uh, upcoming games this weekend. We're going to talk a little Baltimore Ravens because we're homers and uh, whatever comes into our mind. Uh, apparently at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about some baseball. I got forced into that one. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I, you could just skip to the end if you want to. I understand completely. But without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my good buddy, Brandon Stasco. And welcome back to the FAP, ladies and gentlemen. This week I have on the line one of my good friends uh, that I've known since middle school. I uh, was the best man in his wedding. I've got a local Baltimore boy, Brandon Stasco. Brandon, how the hell are you? I'm good, CJ. How you doing? I'm pretty damn good tonight. The uh, sun was shining earlier today, but uh, it was very cold and windy out. How was uh, things over your neck of the woods, Mr. Work from Home? I uh, cold man. I I got a, a wood in the fireplace right now, trying to get warm. The uh, and it's supposed to get even worse this weekend, so I don't look forward to that. Wait a minute, that fireplace is real. Y- yes, it's 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 real. But damn, I I thought that was fake all this time. <laughs> no, I I mean I only use it in like the january through march months when it's the coldest but i don't use like real wood you know i buy like the yuppie wood <laughs> he said wood <laughs> you know the kind you just light yeah and it, it lasts so. starter wood and shit like that right 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 on right. so man uh it has been a hell of a week in football would you agree with that i would say it's a little bit unusual of a week yeah. um it's been a hell of a week. It's been unusual, and it's been uh, a lot of news, a lot of news packed right into one week, and most of the coaching positions have been filled, and it's not even the end of the season yet. It's very surprising, man. Yes, it, it is surprising, and some of the picks for coaching are surprising as well. I'm not sure if that's a, a testament of you know what's going to be available when the season's over, but it is definitely unusual. 
It certainly is. And uh, we'll get into some of these coaching selections right now, such as uh, looks like the Cleveland Browns have selected their offensive coordinator, the interim offensive coordinator for this past year, who uh, <laughs> before this year did not hold a position of offensive coordinator, was a career positional coach in Freddie Kitchens. Yes. Oh, Cleveland, 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 man. We will never understand the decisions that Cleveland makes, will we? Yeah. So he held that for half a season, that position. And yes. the first thing he did was fire his defensive coordinator. Yes. Which let me just start off by saying that if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan right now, don't hang yourself. I'm not hanging myself, but I'm feeling pretty good with the way the season went last year. I feel like the Browns um, exceeded expectations. And I give a lot of credit to Greg Williams for that. As much as I hate to do the same, yes. Greg Williams was a very integral part of that defense. He was a big part of uh, turning the team around. I feel like the players actually gathered and uh, they actually supported him, it, it felt like. I agree 100%. And the, my, my thing is, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You know, I mean, you got Greg Williams that comes over, takes over from Hugh, and they just completely change everything around. Now, I, I mean, I feel like Kitchens is a part of that, but I feel like I feel like Greg Williams is re really the one that was the leader and the mold to put everything together. And I feel like Cleveland's putting too much on, you know, the play calling from Freddie Kitchens and the success, success that they've had offensively and, you know, taking that and giving him the reins instead of Greg Williams, which I, I don't agree with, but. I guess only time will tell with that. And you could tell that defense was really starting to gel as the uh, season went on. It seemed like the uh, defense got a lot stronger. There was a lot more blitzes. They were able to tone up the uh, band and get things going. It just it felt like the defensive side was getting its shit together. The offensive side was starting to produce as well. But uh, in the end, Jimmy Haslam just seemed to pick out uh, Freddie Kitchens as the main guy, which really shocked a lot of people. I mean, they had some interviews. They uh they brought in Mike McCarthy to interview, and that would have been one hell of a hire. Let me tell you, I, I'm so into non-creative offenses. So why don't you get the potpourri of pathetic and get uh, Jason Garrett in there as well? <laughs> ah, valid point, valid point. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I don't know what happened internally with the whole Greg Williams thing. Um do you know if he even was, uh, you know, if he even got an interview or anything for the head coach? From what I read, he did. He uh, got interviewed along with Freddie Kitchens, and then there was a uh, potential interview for Mike McCarthy. They had uh, the offensive, the interim offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings come in and do an interview as well. Those are the only four candidates I'm aware of at this point. And they went with Freddie Kitchens, a career position coach. That's Freddie goddamn Kitchens to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 again, I feel like you have the most winning you've had in a long time. Why would you why would you change it? I don't know. I feel like, you know, everything that I've read about Freddie Kitchens is that he's a player's coach and kind of a goofball. And, you know, is always kind of playing around with players and stuff. And I'm not sure how that translates to being a head coach. Um, 
So I guess only time will tell with that one. But again, I'm not a fan. If I was in the seat and I was making the decision, or if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I would have felt better with Greg Williams. Just a personal opinion. I probably would have too, and it really hurts me to say that because first off, I wouldn't have promoted Greg Williams in the first place to the interim. Me either. I would not have done that. But um, at the same time, who would you have gone with? Would you have gone with Freddie Goddamn Kitchens as your interim coach if you were uh, not to go with Greg Williams? I mean, there's who on the staff there would be even worthy of that? That's probably why Freddie Kitchens cleared house afterwards. Probably. And I think he felt like I think that maybe Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens both felt that if they either one of them were to take the head coach position, they wouldn't want each other. So I feel like if Greg Williams probably got the position, he would have fired Freddie Kitchens as well. Well, let's uh, let's rewind the tape a little bit back when Greg was first put into power. He was asked about Freddie Kitchens because Freddie Kitchens, it blew my mind that he was named the offensive coordinator because I thought they were going to keep Todd Haley. But uh, Freddie Kitchens, uh, I'm sorry, Greg Williams was asked if he made the move for uh, Freddie Kitchens. And he said, I didn't make that move. That wasn't my idea. So Hmm. (laughs) that makes you think uh, he wouldn't have been safe at all. Right. So there was turmoil from the beginning, but they worked together pretty darn good yeah um and honestly i prefer a i mean historically what offensive minded or coaches what how many of them have been successful who were defensive minded coaches well it seems like we're getting a lot more offensive minds nowadays um you're getting your sean mcveigh's and your uh, kyle shanahan's that are coming in a lot of these guys are gearing towards offensive minds with the uh with the exception of a couple people here, like uh, the next hire I want to talk about, um, Vic Fangio was hired as the head coach. Finally, after 33 years of playing in the NFL, he was appointed as a head coach. And I was listening to pro football talk earlier. I think the only reason they went with Vic Fangio over Mike Munchak, who was also a candidate for the position, is that uh, Vic Fangio said to John Elway, you can pick the staff if you want to. I just want to be a head coach. What do you think about that? Uh, I, oh man, that's a, that's a hard one. Um, I, I, I feel like if I'm a head coach, I want to pick who I want to be around. I want to, I want to put the people around me that I feel most successful and comfortable with. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. I mean, the people that you've gelled with in the past would probably be one of the people that you would hire first. So why would you want to go into a room full of strangers when you got your buddies who have been uh, at least at least you could have your pick of the litter in most head coaching positions. But if you can't have your pick of the litter, at least have your buddies. I mean, right, right. With his buddies. Right. I mean, I, me, I, I, I'm looking for people that are better than me. <laughs> I'm looking for people that'll make me look good. Um, you know, uh, th- there can't be too much loyalty as far as friendship. And, and I'm sure we'll get into John Harbaugh here um, shortly. But uh, I'm putting people around me, whether I like them personally or not, 
that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is what success is going to, you know, bring from that particular person that I hire. So I'm not looking to hire somebody, you know, to go have beers with after the game. I'm looking for someone who's going to get the job done. Well, at the same time, um, I think Gary Kubiak has proven in the past that he's able to get the job done on the offensive coordinator side. So he was actually appointed the offensive coordinator earlier today. I'm not sure if you even heard about that. But um, yes, I did. And and, and honestly, I, I like it a lot. I do. I like Kubiak. I don't like him as a head coach. I like him as an offensive coordinator. I think he is exactly what um, is needed to turn things around for them. And uh, I look forward to seeing what he, he what happens with him there. Wait a minute. Didn't he work with Case Keenum in the past? Uh, Keenum was with the Texans for, uh, wasn't he? I think he was with them for a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I believe he was, but that's not going to matter because Kubiak, he likes, um, he likes to pick his quarterback. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, rearrange our format here. Uh, I didn't think about this. Let's go ahead and bring it up. Um, there's a certain backup quarterback for the right. uh, Baltimore Ravens that could potentially be available this offseason. Right, and before you say his name, I just I just want to give some some stats here. You know, under Kubiak, this particular person kind of changed their career around through for um, just under 4,000 yards at 39.86 through 27 touchdowns, which is a career high, to um, 12 interceptions. And just had had a great year and is definitely a Kubiak type of guy in Mr. Joe Cool Flacco. Yeah, it was definitely a, a magical season back in 2014. I'll never forget that. We went 10 and 6. We went in, beat Pittsburgh in the first round of the playoffs. It's mm-hmm. just something I'll never forget. Yes, yes. And Kubiak uh, runs that type of offense that Joe is most successful in. Um, he's not successful in the, uh, the Marty, I believe in running the football, um, type of offense. And it's really a prime position right now. If Joe were to go over to the, uh, to the Denver Broncos at this point, he would be working with the, uh, quarterback coach the uh and the offensive coordinator that he was working with war because i assume that this guy's going to come back as the uh, quarterback coach the one that we had here with him yes i don't yeah. remember his name um i don't either but he he goes everywhere that kubiak goes so. yeah, it seems like the tight end coach does the same thing too i think he just has this little cluster of guys that he just loves but um they got the 10th round uh, i'm sorry the 10th overall pick in the draft so they uh but they did unload one of their best wide receivers in Demarius Thomas in uh, this past season. So I'm wondering, do they have the? Uh, they still got Emmanuel Sanders, who is not a free agent coming up this year. They're going to keep him for another season, it looks like. Um, they drafted a, a guy in the second round this past year who is set to um, be the number two receivers, Cortland Sutton. Um, got some pretty good tight ends. Offensive line is solid. Uh pretty good uh although case keenum would probably tell you otherwise um what do you think would happen if joe were to come on this team next year and they got i don't know uh they went with like another wide receiver in the first round right right um you know i i I, i'm a joe flacco fan i like joe flacco he's not 
and I hate this word. He's not elite. He's not. <laughs> he's not. Dude, he's not. But he can manage the crap out of a game. And he can make the throws when the throws need to be made. And when there's two minutes left on the clock and you need a two-minute offense, you feel good when he's on the field. Am I wrong? If he's in the right scheme. I mean, if he's playing Marty Ball. Right, right. Not Marty Ball. Yeah. If he's playing the Gary Kubiak West Coast offense and then they go – because Gary actually knew how to do a two-minute drill. He mm-hmm. definitely coached a, a two-minute drill like no other guy. It, for the most part, it's slow and methodical as far as his version of the West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. West Coast offense, for the most part, is supposed to be sh- uh, passes, short passes to set up the long run or the long throw. His version is the uh, the runs to set up the long throw. So it's right. Uh, and and Joe Flacco likes what? He likes throwing the deep ball. Yes, he does. So, I mean, it just works for him. Joe's comfortable uh, with that. So, I mean, I think it would be a good pickup for them. And, you know, their their defense is no scrub. Um, I, I think if I'm Joe Flacco, I feel like Denver is a good, a good spot for me. Um, and I, it would feel good to have um, – and that's if let's, – that's just assuming that Kubiak would want Joe, right? Mm-hmm. But if I did, it would feel good knowing that I was with somebody that I was successful with, I feel comfortable with, um, and they and above all, they want me. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I feel like it would be a good landing spot for Joe. And if it does happen, I'll be very happy for him because he kind of got shafted here in Baltimore his last season. He did. And it's not just this last season. It's been the past couple seasons. It's just this Marty offense. It's it's just not him. Um, it really isn't him. And I, I'm not going to put all the blame on Marty or John Harbaugh with Joe because he's not, you know, he, again, he's not that word uh, elite. Yeah. But with the right offense, he can be pretty darn good for you and he can, you can win a Super Bowl with him. And I most, I definitely believe that you can win a Super Bowl with him now. So do you think, uh, I'll hold that thought. Um, let's see here. I think, uh, that's all I wanted to cover as far as the Broncos were concerned. Uh, anything? Well, the Broncos, they have, um, they have some free, free agents on defense, don't they? Let's see here. Um, nobody really that comes. I'm looking at the free agent list right now. There's nobody really that's a starter that per se that's going to be coming up. Hmm. Okay. All right. So I mean, that's even more of a case. Denver in total defense was was. was do you have that in front of you? What they were at? No, I don't have that in front of me. But um, oh, there is one name that uh, is going to be coming up. Uh, Shane Ray. Although he kind of fell off in favor of. Uh, chubb so it, it's really not going to be too much of a drop off at that point hey von miller he uh he, he's not coming up no he's got he's signed for probably two three more years they may do a restructure okay. him. did you know gino gregkowski's on this team he is yes he's gonna be an unrestricted free agent after the season's over though so oh wow up, uh retiring and being a piece of shit somewhere <laughs> Wow, I did not I did not know that. Yeah, I forgot he was even a thing anymore. I mean, he's part of the reason why the 2013 season was so bad. Hmm. All righty then. That offensive line in general. Goodness, that was just an awful thing to watch. Yeah, um, I'm seeing uh, Denver is number seven. 
and defense. So I, I, I just to touch on that whole Joe Flacco to Denver thing. I mean, great defense. Um, and you know, I, I think Denver would uh, do pretty darn well with that. I don't disagree at all. I think it's going to be uh, a sight to see if it does. I got a feeling it's going to happen. What do you think? I think it's going to be um, Denver or it's going to be Jacksonville. There's a couple loading spots for Joe at this point. I mean, Jacksonville's definitely one. You swap out the number fives, Blake Bortles and um, Joe Flacco. So uh, that's one you could do. uh, I was going to say Tampa Bay, but it looks like uh, the new hire, Bruce Arians, is really... Got his finger wrapped around James Winston right now. I thought he was going to dump him like a sack of potatoes, but I guess I'm wrong. Um, I'm not. I'm not big on James Winston, but I think there's. I think there's going to be a handful of teams. Yeah, New York Giants. Interested. Even so, I mean, uh, they're Giants, probably, the Jets. Do you think the Jets are going to dump uh, Darnold? I don't see why they would. Now, the reason the, the reason would be different for the Jets. The Jets would be more of a um, bring a veteran guy in because I don't think they're convinced on Darnold yet. If that makes sense, I know he showed some flashes, but I'm I'm not sure they're all in on him yet. Gotcha. Um, and it's going to take uh, whoever this next head coach is, uh, which, by the way, is now Adam Gase, uh, yes. to decide who the next quarterback is going to be for that team. I got a feeling he's not going to stir the shit as far as uh, the quarterback situation is concerned. Who is the backup right now? Josh McCown, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe so, yes. McCown, yes. But he's still playing. I don't know how, but yes. Yeah, he's held together with uh, bubblegum and cum, but... uh. <laughs> He, uh, he, he's managed to keep himself in the game because he's just been a career backup. I mean, for the most part, other than that one year in Chicago where he took over for Jay Cutler, he's been the backup for every team in the NFL. And, uh, of course, his, his stints on the Jets where he's been the starter. But um, the guy's a solid guy. I'm not sure if he's going to play much longer, to be honest with you. But uh, maybe it could be a good landing situation for Joe Flacco. But Adam Gase, man, would you have made that pick if if you were the owner of the Jets? No, I I, I wouldn't. Um, I mean, the past two years under under 500. I mean, he had one year in 2016 where he you know made the uh, wild card. Um, and lost to Pittsburgh. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't get that. I, I mean, I feel like they could have waited until the season ended and really seen what was available from there, as far as a young coordinator or something like that that would come available for a head coach job. I don't. I don't know how he goes from jumping from failing in Miami to um, going to one of the largest sports markets in the country. I feel like if he wasn't so headstrong on keeping um, Ryan Tannehill, he might've had another year on his contract. Maybe, maybe, but you know, whatever he was doing, wasn't working altogether. Um, I don't think it was just um, from a quarterback um, position. I think there was a lot of, I don't know. It just wasn't working. And it doesn't make sense because he did have some, they had some pretty good wins this year, you know? Uh, Yeah. That lateral movement for the uh, Patriots win. Yeah. I mean, 
and and maybe that's what helped him, you know, get another gig so quickly. But can you remember another time where a lateral movement like that actually won a game in professional league? Um, I, I was going to say in in college, yes. Uh, and even in that aspect, it's very few and far between. In NFL. I really, I, I, I don't, I can't think of one. I can't think of one in our lifetime at the very least. Now I know I've seen some like old tapes of, of, uh, it happening before, you know, on like YouTube and stuff, but a long time ago, long time ago. I mean, the only closest thing I can remember uh, with a lateral movement winning the game was the music city miracle. And that was just a simple uh, one lateral across the field, whether it was forward or backward. Right, right. It wasn't the whole several laterals and yeah, there was dodging. no hook and ladder and whatnot. Oh, just goodness. special teams is just you know evolved so well in the NFL that it's just too hard to do. Um, but yeah, that that was pretty amazing. But yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what. Uh, Adam Gase's plans are to do in, in New York or what the Jets thinking was in hiring him, but they seen something they liked. I don't see it. Do you? I don't either. And matter of fact, I'm going to go on record here and say that I'm really not a fan of any of the signings thus far, except for, and not even, I was going to say Freddie goddamn kitchens, but that's just because the, the, the FAPT league loves him so much. I don't know why, but, uh, I don't like any of these coach signings so far. Yeah, I mean, and there's one, there's one gentleman that will be available um, for a coaching position that has coached before, and has been out of coaching for a little while, and had a lot of success with the Jets, and that's Rex Ryan, sexy Rexy. Yes, and he made a recipe with the Jets that worked, ground and pound. Now, some people may say that that's outdated, but this the the this, the league always seems to evolve back into a defensive ground and pound can win championships type of league. And it helps when you have Ladania Tomlinson as your running back. Oh, of course, but I mean, somebody's got to block for him too. True. Um, but and not I mean, fumble. Right, right. Yeah, Sanchez kind of fell off there towards the end. Um, as most mobile quarterbacks wind up doing, they they wind up having these flashes of of greatness, and then they just they try to get evolve into the NFL, and it just it doesn't work. He was a backup for a little bit of time this year for the Washington Redskins. That was a pretty interesting time. And then he got the bench for uh, uh, what the fuck was his name? Right. I don't even know. I, I can't even think of his name either. I was just thinking the same thing because, I mean, I, I would I, I wanted to kind of see Sanchez play. <laughs> I wanted to see if he had anything else left in the tank. Um, the Sanchez. Yeah, the Sanchez. But when Rex Ryan had that Jets team, what he was doing worked. And that was the last time anything really worked for them. And it worked. And I'm not saying uh, Rex is some great – football mine but i feel like he got a little bit of shafted in um in uh buffalo he got screwed over in uh new york first off because he didn't make the decision to bring in tim tebow and spend a first round pick on him no i mean who in the right mind would 
definitely not that fucking GM moron. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's not a that first round pick. Who when you look at that, right? When you looked at Tim Tebow, he's one of the he's maybe the greatest college uh, football quarterback to ever play. Mm-hmm. But when you look at a college mobile quarterback, you look at can you can you teach them? NFL uh, schemes and standing in the pocket and throwing. But the thing with Tim Tebow was he had that goofy wind-up throw that um, it was just goofy. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's, it, it's like uh, it's even more goofy than the way Lamar Jackson holds the football. But he, he kind of like winds it up on the side and like flicks it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and it hurts even more the fact that he's left-handed. Right, right. And it, it, it just takes too long to come out of his hand. It, it was just weird. And they thought that they could coach that. And I don't know. I've, <sighs> I've seen him throw too many ducks. It's It was pretty bad watching Tim Tebow try to pass a football. Even he honestly got better back when he was brought on for the uh, – for being the third string quarterback for the Eagles about two, three years ago, mm-hmm. his mechanics were getting a lot better, but at the same time, it, it wasn't going to work. He's not a natural thrower of the football. As some people like to say, he's just not that guy. I mean, I hope he's doing well in baseball. I, I saw him the other day on doing announcing for college football. So I'm not sure if he's still in baseball or not. Yeah. I just read today that he got engaged and, um, Oh, wow. Uh, if you know anything about um, his religion or whatever, it, it's kind of like a party for him because, you know, he soon gets to take that next step in life. <laughs> he gets to finally have sex. Good for him. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I've seen a picture of his woman. She's a good-looking woman. Very good for him. I'm very proud yeah. of him. That's. I uh, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she was, you know, something crazy like Mormon or something. But, yeah, good for him. <laughs> but yeah, crazy. Like I mean, that man. dude is one heck of an athlete. Sorry, I mean, just... Mormon fans listening. <laughs> hey, man, all religions, you know, all religions are weird. Yeah, even my own. Even right, my own. exactly. Christianity, they're all weird. Yep. Um, it's just not all of them knock on your door. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, anyways, on that hole. No, 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 no. Right, but so, yeah, uh... I mean. Adam Gase is just a fucking horrible pick, in my opinion. I I would have personally signed him as an offensive coordinator. I would have been okay with that because right. You know, I mean, that's what you would expect after you fail being a head coach. You, right. you, I mean, and to get hired that quickly is just—it's a little absurd. Speaking of getting hired quickly, uh, somebody that the Jets courted and then the Cardinals signed. Um, who the fuck is Cliff Kingsbury, and why should I care? I, <laughs> when you sent me that, I, uh, I was doing some, some, uh, some research because I don't even know who the heck he is. There's a lot of names coming out and, you know, I have no idea who these people are. I mean, he doesn't even have a cool name like Freddie Kitchens. I know, right? That's a pretty badass name. I, I mean, what Freddie Kitchens has going for him, his name's Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> so I, I don't know, but it, it's starting to feel like when we're looking for potential coaches that before we would just pull up other team rosters and we would look at, you know, who was the successful coordinators. 
But now we're going even further down the list to look at who was, you know, successful as a quarterback coach, a, uh, you know, defensive back coach. Um, and I mean, I guess you just got to get further down the list now. And I know we have John Harbaugh, who was a special teams guy, but he was only special teams for like a year, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was a defensive back coach. Right. That. He was only Andy Reid only made him a uh, special teams coordinator because so, so he could be considered for a head coaching position. You want to hear some shit? You want to hear what was on the Arizona Cardinals website as a reason why he was hired? One of the reasons why? It, it laid on me. He was friends with Sean McVay. He was friends. Friends with Sean McVay. He's good friends with him, apparently. Well, and that was taken off the website not too long after that. He's got nudes of someone's daughter. That's what I think. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how else do you explain some of these? The guy was, uh, he got fired from Texas Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he had pretty good quarterbacks there. He had uh, Baker Mayfield. He had Patrick Mahomes. And at some point, he had to choose between uh, fucking Baker Mayfield and Davis Webb as the quarterback. So that's really a decision that he had to make at some point in his life. And then, Brandon, I got to ask you, if you had that decision to make, who would you pick? Oh. Could, could I pick neither? <laughs> oh, come on. You really hate Baker Mayfield that much. I don't hate Baker Mayfield. I, I He's done a lot for the Browns this year, and he did pretty he does, well. He does, and you can't, you can't discount that. You can't discount that. Well, I would rather have Baker Mayfield than who we have. Um, <laughs> we'll get but, to that later. No, I'm just being real with you. I, I feel like Baker's got a really good arm. I feel like he's just young and dumb right now. And he's doing some real stupid stuff. Um, I, I, I would rather have Baker Mayfield over Davis. Gun, gun to my head. I'm taking Baker Mayfield. Definitely. But then again, sense. we weren't in that position, you know, when that happened. So it's hard to look at it now and feel that way. You know what I mean? Yep. I hear you. And, uh, I just want to know what the hell started this. Like, where did the, these two interviews with the Jets and the Cardinals come from? I, he was fired from Texas Tech. He was hired as the offensive coordinator for USC. And honestly, I think that if he thought that he had a chance of being a head coach in the NFL, he wouldn't have took that USC job. Right. And see, the other thing I'm thinking about now that I, I thought about today is organizations when they interview people they have to um they have to interview at least one black coach uh candidate don't they uh, well they have to have a minority so that it could be like well a mexican person or a Canadian asian or whatever i don't know <laughs> canadian <laughs> yeah but i am not seeing many i'm not seeing any of that um i just the, had a lot of the these, picture of the guy i had no idea he was white <laughs> yeah, he kind of uh he looks like a celebrity, but I can't think of his name. Um he's got kind of that like short hair that you could like prop up in the front, flip up in the front a little bit. Kind of looks like Ryan Gosling. That's what it is. Ryan Gosling. You got it. Yep, that's who I think too. He kind of looks like that. Yeah, good for him. Right, and he dates uh, he dates Holly Saunders from Fox Sports too. Oh God, I thought you were going to say Holly Tennyson. For those oh of you who, who are listening, that was the person that we went to high school with, and uh, 
<laughs> that would have oh, been funny Lord. as hell. That would, hey, did you date Holly Tunnison? That would have been funny as shit. But um, it's not. It's not the same person. It's it's definitely not. So um, he was. Did, I don't know if you know this, but he was actually a sixth round draft pick back in two thousand three. So he failed in the NFL. He was only on practice squads for the most part, or off season squads. He went to CFL to be a player, and then he bombed out eventually in two thousand seven. Oh, yeah, he was with Montreal and Winnipeg in 2007, right? Yeah, the year we graduated, buddy. Yeah, and then he went on to coach in Houston mm-hmm. as an offensive quality control coach. What is that? I don't know, but uh, I feel like uh, I feel like that's something that Mike Pettin had on this team. He was like a defensive quality control coach or something like that, but before he got promoted to linebacker coach. I don't know what yeah. the fuck that does. I think it's just uh, to shove something, just to create a position, just to put someone on the staff that you want. Right. Just another consultant, really. Right. So he was in Houston for about, what, three or four years. Then he went to Texas A&M, then Texas Tech as the head coach. So it only took him three, four, five years to become a head coach at a major college school, which is pretty quick if you ask me. I agree with that 100%. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't some small, you know, some small school. This isn't ACC. I mean, ACC Maryland or something like that. (laughs) Um, This is Texas Tech. So, I mean, it's a big school in five years. And then he's been there for another five years. He becomes a head coach in NFL. Now, I do not like coaches that come directly from college as head coaches and then come right over to the NFL to be head coaches. It's very rare that it ever works out. I mean, think about what Chip Kelly was one of those guys. Right. It it, 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 it it never really works out, man. You, I mean, I get he was in Houston. Yep. But I'm not – see, it's not even the Houston Texans. It's Houston Cougars. <laughs> um, you know, it's – so he – that's a lot to explain, man. That's a lot to explain how you go from a Houston small school – and then straight over to Texas A&M four years later to become an offensive coordinator and then right to head coach. So that's weird. I don't know. He's He's got to be doing something pretty amazing if that's the case. I think he stumbled onto something earlier, naked pictures of somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and he's and coming he's, into one hell of a position, too. They have the number one overall pick. So what do you do with that? You have the Rosen one in Josh Rosen on this team. Do you trade him off and get another quarterback or do you keep the quarterback and draft a wide receiver? What are you doing, man? You got uh, Larry Fitzgerald's probably going to hang him up. Well, this is a good time for me to give my, 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 my opinion on the best wide receiver coming out of this draft. Um, this is someone who may not have the biggest name out there right now. Um, but you know, I think this is kind of someone that is going to do really well in the NFL. Um, and uh, his name's Jordan Humphrey mm-hmm. from out of Texas. He's a Longhorn. And uh, he just finished this season with 86 receptions, uh, 1,176 yards, nine touchdowns, 
in four games over 100 yards. Um, he's six foot four, 220 pounds. Um, this is somebody, in my opinion, who will be a game changer. So this is someone that even Arizona. I think this is a first rounder. I think this is someone even Arizona uh, should look at because I don't think he's going to be a top 10 pick. I think that where Arizona sits right now, I think they need multiple picks. So I'm not picking at one if I'm Arizona. I'm trading one and I'm moving back. I'm going to try and get, you know, uh, a couple extra picks in, you know, the second round. Move back towards the middle of the first and get a couple in the second round because you need to draft another um, quarterback, in my opinion. You got to draft another one. So, who uh, do you think is the consensus number one right now at this point? I don't feel that there is a. I don't feel there's. This isn't a good. Um, quarterback NFL draft. I didn't mean quarterback. I meant overall who should be drafted number one. Hmm. You think Bosa should get it? No. No. Everybody should just trade back, right? So there can be no number one. I I wouldn't want to be a general manager with the number one pick, would you? This year? No. Not really. Any year. I feel like. Well, you got a boom or bust chance with a number one pick. So I would probably trade back and get more picks and maybe get an RG3 type trade, you know. Right. I I would go as far to say that I don't think maybe even a quarterback gets gets drafted in the top 10. That's how. I mean, the, the only quarterback that would be worthy would be Haskins. And who needs one that bad this year? I mean, think about that, especially in the top 10. Uh, Jacksonville. Are they in the top 10? Yes. They are picking, let's see. Number seven. Seven, yeah. Uh, The Giants. Giants. Maybe Detroit Um, finally pulls the trigger. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and then you have Broncos at 10 who could, but it is Haskins worth the top 10. Pick? I, I would hate to pick that. I would too. It would suck. Yeah. I mean, if I gone to my head as the Arizona Cardinals had to pick number one gun to my head, I would pick a, um, Jim Harbaugh guy and Gary, which is a defensive end out of Michigan. Hmm. Hmm. That can never, uh, can never do without a pass rush, right? No. Hmm. Would he translate good to a three, four though? A good defensive end shouldn't have an issue doing that. Yeah. You got to stand up a little more though. But a good defensive end shouldn't have a problem with that. You know, an athlete's an athlete. Um, and I get that, but I hate I hate that argument. I, I hate that argument where it's like, you know, you're an offensive lineman on the you – know, and you're on the left or the right. If you're an athlete, you should be able to adjust to that. I agree. It's uh, That's def- like saying – and I hate, to, I hate to use an analogy that is kind of lame – but that's like saying, you know, uh, in tennis, you, you, I'm only using my right hand, you know, to hit the ball because I'm not that great with my left. 
Well, it doesn't work that way. You hit it with whatever you got there, whatever can you hit, hit it ball. where you you can reach the ball. You know what I mean? It, I hate. To, I mean, I get it. You get paid a lot of money to do this or that, but I mean, I feel like an athlete should be. And and this is not somebody that's been in the NFL for years and has to suddenly. This is someone in college, you know, and they're coming out fresh. So I'm 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 big on picking defense. If I'm picking high, I would rather pick a defensive player than I would an offensive player. Yeah, I, uh, well, unless there's some game changing wide receiver out there, then I would, uh, I would probably err on the side of the caution and get, uh, but how many times have we seen game changing? We're told all this guy's game changing. And then, I mean, I gave you an example of one that I think is great, but I can't tell you that he's slam dunk going to succeed. Nobody can. Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with DJ Moore last year. He was picked first of the wide receiver crop and how me and you, me and you were yelling at the TV. Yeah, I was hoping we were going to get him. Right, yelling, yelling, pick him, pick him. Um, you know, and of course, you know, our first pick didn't pan out that well, but we'll see how that pays off down the road. Yeah, he gets a mulligan for being injured for a good chunk of the year. We'll see what happens. He does. It just sucks when you pick somebody. And they're not available right away. Hmm. Right, and like in the first round. Yeah. And they just don't contribute like that right away. Right. So, uh, all right. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, contributing right away. Um, I interviewed either last week or the week before. It was the week before. Uh, Chad Wells, good friend of both you and mine. Um, he had an opinion of Lamar Jackson that I would dare say is contrary to yours. Would you? Uh, would you agree with that statement? Yes. And let me start off by saying that I, I love. Chad Wells, chef. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? That's that's fair. I love him a lot, but boy, did it hurt to listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it was, I don't know. It, and you know what? I think it has to do a lot with that time when the Ravens were just, it, what they were doing worked. It yeah. worked, worked, worked. It did and work. a lot of us got, a lot of people got blinded by, you know, that success, but you know me, um, you know, I remind you every little week that it's not going to last long and it's cool while it works, but it never works long term. It's never worked long term. And when you say that, most people go, well, Mike Vick, it worked for Mike Vick. Lamar Jackson doesn't have half the arm Michael Vick did. Not half. Now, I've seen him launching the combine. He had a pretty decent arm. He was able to throw for 70-some-odd yards. So it's not terrible. He can do it. It's just his accuracy is hell Right. Off. I'm talking about all around. You know, the, I mean, we've had this conversation. You've looked at the film. How many times do you see wide receivers wide open? Wide open. Yeah, I hate to say it, but or, the Charger. I, I put myself through uh, hell this past week and actually watched the Chargers game again from the coaching perspective. Uh, perspective mm-hmm. and uh just watching how many tr- times crabtree of all people was open down the field i mean that guy is not known for his speed and he was open quite a few times and lamar either ran it himself missed him tried for the check down or did something other than that what i see is i see him tucking the ball 
before he finishes his reads. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing him tuck the ball back in and already make up his mind, his head that I'm either going to run and pass this line of scrimmage, or I'm going to tuck it and I'm going to run to the left or to the right and try and scramble until someone gets open. And I guess that's okay. It's just, I don't know, man, this offensive line, let me start off by saying is not good. It is not. Who's the weakest link on it. As far as the starter is concerned. A center. I would agree with that. Matt every Skirt. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, not everyone. I mean, goddamn, Yonda's okay. No, I mean, anyone that they throw in center has just been awful. You know, the left guard position has been changing a lot. I don't know if you noticed this, but they actually uh, changed it during the game. They took Hurst out and they put uh, Bo- uh, Bozeman back in. Yeah. How many times did Stanley get beat? Did you see that? Stanley got beat quite a few times. Um, he's also been injured quite a few times this season. He's very. I hate. I hate to bring this up again, but I always bring it up myself. Um, Notre Dame players can be known for being very soft and getting injured very easily. So that's just. I don't know if it's something they're doing over there. The the conditioning, but. Ronnie Stanley is definitely living up to that moniker, and he's been injured quite a few times this season already. Yes, yes, yes. I agree 100%. So, you know, I'm not putting it all on Lamar Jackson, but, I mean, they really want to run this RPO, you know, mobile quarterback type offense. And, I mean, I just ask, long term, where has it worked? You know, give me an example. Um, I can't I hate think this. of a single one long term. Um, right. Maybe two years it worked in San Fran. Yeah. Kaepernick, Kaepernick looked really good um, in those early years. You know, it's it's to me, it's like Lamar got so much credit for them wins. And I'm over here going, wait a minute. You know, he, he you know, he led the offense to 16 points and was on the, the, the opponent's half of the field, you know, for three drives. And, you know, the, the defense had a pick six, you know, what was that? The first time we played San Diego. Well, the one thing, yeah, I agree. Um, there wasn't a pick six in that game. I don't think, um, one of the games, it was a pick six. I can't think of off the top of my head, but it was just constant. The defense was bailing, bailing them out. And, and in my mind, he did no better than what Joe Flacco could do. The only thing that he did better was he kept the defense off the field and controlled the, 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 the time and kept the defense fresh. The scheme definitely changed. I don't think we were going to make it to the playoffs continuing with the standard Marty Ball procedure. We needed to definitely go more towards a Greg Roman style running offense, but not quarterback running necessarily. Uh, maybe doing the option every once in a while, but the thing is uh, the accuracy on Lamar is a problem. I personally think it's developable. Is that a word? Developable? <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, you're asking the wrong person, brother. Right. Um, so um, I think that it's it's something you can work on for sure. But um, but it's not something that this offense wants. That's what people are, are uh, neglecting is that it's not something that – Marty Morningwig and John Harbaugh want. They don't want a guy that can stand up in the pocket and launch them. They want that option. And I mean, it, it's it, that that's what they want. You're not going to see Lamar throw a ball 30 times in a game. It's not going to happen. It's definitely it just, not. But it's it just not what they want. Be completed for those 10 times a game that he does throw it. 
Right, but y- y- I still think that on a good defense and, and and credit to San Diego because they they made the adjustments that they needed to. They bring their safeties up. They they played them. Um, as linebackers and they just completely stuffed it. And once you take that one dimension away that Lamar Jackson is really good at, he's got nothing else. By the way, you're the second person today that's called them San Diego. And I still honestly do it myself. I don't know why it's so Dude, hard. The announcers on TV say it and catch themselves all the time. I don't know why it was so hard for me to do this with San Diego, but I was so willing to get on board with LA Rams. I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, it's going to be even harder saying the Vegas Raiders. I can get along with that, though. I could actually see myself saying Vegas Raiders or the Sin City Raiders even. It's like when the year changes, you keep accidentally – like right now, you keep accidentally writing 8, 2018, and you right. scribbled out and put a 9. Yeah. It's like that for a while. So, I it mean – It wasn't for me for the Rams. I, I was able to do LA Rams right away. I don't – maybe it's because they've been there before and recently in our lifetime, but uh, – I don't know. It's just weird for me. But yeah, the Chargers figured it out. They uh, they sent the defense and they I know you're not a big fan of them, but Joey Bosa really kept them in check. He was able to sniff out the option and be able to sack them quite a few times. Right. They figured they figured it out. And, you know, people and and people I just I, I don't understand what the hype with Lamar Jackson is. I, I really don't. I don't see enough promising stuff and I didn't see it in college that says that he is a franchise type guy. I really think the Ravens and Harbaugh and DaCosta are really just praying that this plans out. I I personally thought that there was better options in that draft and later rounds that you could have developed. Um, Would you have gone with Mason Rudolph? That is who I would have picked. Yes. That's who I would. You know, my, my, you know who I ideally like. I like them big, tall, big arm quarterbacks that stand in there and take a hit. I hate to say it, but I like the, the Ben Roethlisberger type of quarterback. I like someone that's going to stand in there and they're going to wait to the very last second to get drilled to deliver a pass. I hear you. Um, that makes a lot of sense, uh, but this league seems to be evolving more towards a guy that can run. I don't necessarily think that. I disagree. Uh, well, I think it's I mean, a phase. It's. I think it's a phase. I think it's an experiment, and I think that that Chargers game against the Ravens really put a bruise on that theory of that that's what the league is evolving to. I mean, five years ago, we were talking about how the league is evolving to these – you know, top tier spread offenses that, you know, you need these uh, smaller, faster, lighter uh, defenses to, you know, defend, to have to defend with. So I I don't know. I think, again, I think the NFL always comes full circle. It's been pretty consistent though. I mean, over the past couple of years, at least since 2012, there's been a lot more mobile quarterbacks being brought in and starting. I mean, look at the Kaepernick situation. Look at uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, Your favorite Texans quarterback right now is uh, Deshaun Watson. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. But you know what? I got to give Watson some credit. He's playing a lot better than he did in college. I think he's... And again, there's going to be a lot of people in Baltimore that disagree with me, but I think that Watson is the better of the mobile quarterbacks right now because he's the best of them all, to be honest with you. Right. I think I agree because he, 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 he can throw, (laughs) he can throw. And, And 
it, it's just so many excuses made up for Lamar Jackson. Oh, Crabtree drops and this and that and the other. And I get it. He Crabtree drops and John Brown had some high drops. But when these guys are getting the ball regularly, the drops aren't as, as high as they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many times did uh, Brown or Crabtree drop with uh, Flacco? Just thinking about that. I mean, Crabtree dropped everything, but right. I don't think Crabtree. I think Crabtree had. Ah, uh, uh, crap. Sorry. You know, I hate when you click a page and of your video just starts to automatically play. That drives me nuts. Um, porn. No, it's a football page. <laughs> You're full. Go, going on about the Antonio Brown uh, debacle, but uh, that was a good topic last week. Goodness, right? But I mean, I'm just going to pull up John Brown here. John Brown had some great numbers with Joe Flacco. He really did. He was connecting with him. He was the number one receiver for a while. I thought that he was going to be our number one going in next year. And even so, he said at the end of the season he'd love to come back next year. But you know that was some PR bullshit, and he doesn't want to come back. Oh, it was PR. It was PR. He he wants to catch the ball. He wants to catch the ball. And he came here thinking Joe Flacco was going to continuously deliver him the ball. That's why he came here. He wanted a guy with a big arm to give him passes. And when Lamar Jackson started, I mean, he got two receptions. I mean, with Joe Flacco, he got – he averaged, I think – four receptions a game and you got to think the next breath that he said after that was on the phone with his agent saying get me the fuck out of here it had to have been yeah i don't think he's interested i wouldn't be either i mean the guy is not catching he's blocking right i mean this is a guy that i mean the against the chargers he averaged seven yards Against the Browns, he averaged seven yards. Uh, the first time we played the Chargers, 13. Buccaneers, nine. Chiefs, 11. Falcons, zero. Raiders, 25. Um, what was Lamar's first game? Uh, was it the Falcons game or was it the one right before that? <laughs> yeah, it was like before it was... that because uh, he had a home game first. It was uh, the Raiders. Okay, so he played the Raiders and he gave John Brown one pass for 25 yards. And that was like the best that he he had with him. Joe had a 116-yard game, 134, 58, 86, 92. Um, He had one touchdown with Lamar Jackson and had four with Joe Flacco. I personally still think... That it's salvageable. Uh, I know you don't think that, but uh, I think Lamar can develop into something if he's given the opportunity. Um, if he actually has good coaching, I'm not necessarily sure we have that coaching on our staff right now, though. As far as turning it into a, and uh, a more I would say, passer. I would say that anybody can develop. I would say that anybody who has the right attitude and comes in can develop. However, my argument again still is going to be that this is not what they want that is not what they want you're not going to see the type of offense like with joe you're not going to see all the play actions and you know uh deep routes and crosses and and stuff like they did with him you're going to see the rpo 
where they fumble all the time and you're going to see someone who lives and dies by the run. I'm sorry, but Lamar Jackson is not an NFL quarterback. He's never going to be an NFL quarterback on the Baltimore Ravens and consistently win games. It's not going to happen. The the jury's out. The Chargers gave the blueprint for the rest of the league. That's all you got to do. And guess what? You hold them to, to pretty much negative. They were negative seven yards for three quarters. All right? right. All right. So who does he remind you of in recent years? Lamar Jackson? Yes. <laughs> who does he remind me of? Mm-hmm. Well, when he talks, it, oh, it's, it's like, you ever seen that movie Life? Yes. Um, with Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. you know, he reminds me of, uh, uh, of one of them guys mumbling, like I'm the peppy, <laughs> you know, he, he, he uh, man, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know how to replicate what he says. He just sounds like slow or something when he talks. Yeah. The, um, yeah. The way he, he's saying the right things, but it's coming out in a bit of a, uh, like a hood style and I can't understand half of it. But I think he's saying the right things. At least he's trying yeah, to. It's a little ebonic, but I wouldn't say it's hood. I would say that it's southern, a little bit of a southern kind of thing. Not like white southern, like in the country. I'm talking about like a uh, project. So uh, I'm saying like Louisiana, kind of like that French New Orleans. Yeah, I, I, that's just what I'm trying to. I don't know. You're not going to get what I'm saying anyways, but he talks it's kind of a risque <laughs> podcast today. I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what'd you expect when you called me on here? Good point. But, Good point. I mean, I hate to say this and I, I, I don't mean to trigger anybody, but he just sounds retarded. Ah, oh, dude. All right. Somebody had to break the R word at some point, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. Well, yeah, uh, you're going to get post edit right there sorry but no i'm not gonna edit it but uh i I just want to say that's not my opinion i don't think he is uh i said like i don't think he he sounds mentally challenged but uh he just i i just uh, listen it's nothing personal i don't like him i i I don't think he's good i think say i don't think (laughs) i don't think that with him at the helm i i i what did i tell you i think the ravens will go like four and twelve i just don't see it I see no reason in in re-signing John Harbaugh. I mean, he he picked his guy in Lamar Jackson. You've seen a sample taste that worked short term. Why resign John Harbaugh to some big, expensive, long term contract? I think he they should make him play out the final year and see how it goes. And I think it's going to be bad. And if even if it's good, I mean, he hits the free market as a free agent, and that'll be uh, unprecedented. But I. Don't see us going beyond eight and eight next year. Just my opinion. And I respect that. And I hope that we go 16 and 0. I do. I really do. And I hope that Lamar Jackson, you know, becomes, uh, you know, this great, amazing quarterback that, you know, everybody that I I don't even know that that he's just great. And then I hope that he's so great that he can call me up and call me the R word. <laughs> yeah, I've um, never wanted to be more wrong than I am about Lamar Jackson well, because he's going to show next year what he's got um, with a full season ahead of him. But I the issue is, 
the issue, CJ, is that we've had some dark times at that position. We really have. Pre-Joe Flacco. Do you think that we're in for some more? I feel that we are. And maybe it's just me scared because we've had so many problems there. We've had Mr. – I don't want to call him reliable or consistent because that wouldn't be accurate of Joe Flacco. (laughs) But (laughs) – but – He's been there, and he's been the best that the franchise has ever had, right or wrong. Yeah, and that's saying something. Right, and he, you know, he 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 won us a Super Bowl. He, and if anybody says anything other than that, and says that all his his postseason thing wasn't that great, then I mean they're wrong. They're just being a hater. He had the one of the best postseasons <laughs> of all times. And that's saying something. I mean, his regular seasons have never been good, but that postseason was fucking magic. Yes, it was. It was magic, but it, it doesn't matter anymore because he he's gone, and we have Lamar Jackson right now. And you sound convinced. for me, and for me, it's not all about Lamar Jackson. It's about Marty Morinwig and his offense. We haven't fired Marty yet. Do you think we're gonna this year? No, no. We got. Our, we got the offense that him and John Harbaugh won. This is what they wanted. They wanted this this run, mobile style. This is what they wanted. So this is what they got. Terrell Suggs, does he return next year? <sighs> I've thought about this. Thought about it quite a bit. And I feel like Terrell feels like he could play another year or two. So, and I think that he would play for not a lot of money. So I think that the Ravens should offer him money, a fair contract for two years to where if they could get out of it in one without, you know, a bunch of dead money or anything, I think that, you know, a team friendly deal, I think they should do it. Um, well, I think Terrell take it. I think he would. I think he would. I think he's comfortable. The only place that I would see him leaving here and going to is Arizona. They don't even have a defensive coordinator yet, though. I know, but that's where he's from. Uh, good point. Forgot about that. Yeah, that's where he got arrested at, and that's where he had his bleach incident. And Right. He's a sun devil. He's a, uh Arizona sun devil. So, I mean, we've seen players like that. They go back to their, uh, you know, where where they're from and stuff for a year or two. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think that there's a good chance that he does come back all in all. But if not, I think that, you know, I think that he would he would – seriously um tell his agent hey get me to arizona i could see that happening do you uh think the ravens are gonna offer him a contract at this point and do you personally want him here i do why not who who, uh who else uh could, could step up and take uh what he does right now is he the guy that he was six i mean even four five six years ago no um is he a guy that defenses still, you know, before they snap the ball, you know, make sure they know where he's at? Yes. Yes. So, again, a team-friendly deal that makes him happy and makes the organization happy. I think he wants to retire Raven, so let him. Don't do what you did to Ed Reed, Ravens. Don't do it. At the same time, Ed Reed should have known. I know, but... <sighs> 
you just hate to see that. You want to see them people finish their careers out there and be a forever. Doesn't matter what team, uh, what fan, uh, what team you are a fan of. You want to see somebody like that that's been there. You want to see them finish out and be forever with that team. And I still think he would have done better than Matt Elam. Oh, God, Matt Elam. <laughs> it's been some dark times in Baltimore recently. We, we, I tell you what, though. Me and you, we've watched a lot of drafts, and we've gotten right a lot of stuff because we were so upset with that Elam pick. I, re- I remember saying – I remember picking that. I said we were going to pick him or Mancy Teo, and uh, damn it, we, uh, we definitely went Elam. Right. I remember. I, I, I remember before we even picked it. I said, "Oh God, they're going to pick Matt Elam because he was that in college. He was that. He was never a cover guy. Never, never a cover guy at Florida. Never. But he would level some people. Straight up level some people. But he couldn't cover a cat turd in a litter box. No, he couldn't. He was. He was a poor man's Bernard Pollard. Yeah, but he does strength even, too. Right. He doesn't even deserve to be in the same conversation as Bernard Pollard because Bernard Pollard couldn't cover, but he would change the game for you. Yeah. Ask him how uh, the Patriots feel about him. Right. Uh, Ask Ridley. You've really got knocked the fuck out in that championship game back in 2012, 2013. I'd go as far to say that Ridley was never the same after that. I would probably say that too. He probably got a couple of his teeth are probably loose right now. And uh, yeah, he doesn't remember some names. Ridley was this this real promising rookie, you know, guy and man, that was a that was a game changer. I probably but, would have fumbled the ball too after that, to be honest with you. Right, and, and you know what? To be a Ravens fan right now, it feels good having um these running backs that we have right now. Um, huh? I said agreed, absolutely. I, yeah, I love some yeah. of these guys like I mean, they're promising, and they did that. I mean. It, 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 they did that with with that garbage offensive line that we're talking about. Right. It, it was a pretty good scheme. I got to give uh, credit to the offensive line coach, whoever the hell we have there. But um, that they, zone blocking. Yeah, that was. I was actually surprised that they were able to mask Matt Skura of all people and James Hurst and human turd style uh, turds and just get the job done as far as the run game is concerned. They did. They did, and that's promising. But again, when I talk about Lamar Jackson and Marty and stuff, I'm just giving the doom and gloom perspective. We've heard so, but we've heard so much just, you know, uh, you know, so much of this positive, you know, unrealistic stuff. We've never really heard much of the other side of, eh. Now, let me. I also say that I don't believe in the Ravens fans booing Lamar at the game is is good. I thought that was kind of trashy, especially since I mean that's the reason one of the reasons why they got there in the first place was Lamar slowing the offense. Right, down. right, right, right. Exactly, and I agree with that one hundred percent. I agree with that one hundred percent. But if you remember when Joe Flacco did bad and Troy Smith was on the sideline, he wasn't hurt anymore. Joe Flacco got booed a couple times. That's just Baltimore at some points, man. Right. I don't. Yeah, another Heisman guy. Not necessarily saying they were booing Lamar in general. I think they might have been booing the offensive scheme. I don't know, dude. When he came back out onto the field in the third quarter, there were some loud boos. You were in the stadium, but 
I mean, yeah. that microphone on that field picked up some 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 loud boos, um, and that that is not from the Flacco chance because the chance because I, to me at that point I felt like Flacco could have helped move the offense and get some production, but the game was gone. Um, I don't think he could have changed the outcome. He would have came in and played Marty ball. And honestly, it would have gave the chargers more time to score more. And that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think it would have changed anything. It, it was too late at that point. Now a real, a real okie doke thing that they should have done. And, you know, some of these national pundits talked about it was they should have used Joe Flacco in the game. Some, you know, were some plays, to kind of help out with that, that, you know, run stuffing that they were doing, man, they really should have brought Joe out to, to open up that defense. some to respect the, the pass a little more. Yeah. Do the opposite of what they did for Joe with Lamar during the first part of the season. Exactly. Exactly. But John Harbaugh's too afraid of Joe Flacco coming on, passing a bomb you know, and getting some success, and then, you know, everybody turns against Lamar. That's what he's scared of. I can agree with that. I can see that coming. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and leave Lamar in the past right now and talk about some of the uh, future games coming up here this weekend. You okay with that? I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I think I got the point across that I, I don't hate Lamar. I'm just skeptical, and I hope that he succeeds. And it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense why you're skeptical. I, I can understand that, and uh, he, he's he got a lot of proving to do this year. Let's just go ahead and say it. Right, and, and, I'll, and I'll just leave it by saying that I've never been wanted to be wrong more than I am about him. I, I agree with that. So um, coming up this weekend, the first game is Saturday at 4.35 p.m. It's going to be on NBC. It's uh, going to be featuring the Kansas City Chiefs at home versus the Indianapolis Colts away. The last time these two faced off, the score was 30-14 to 14 in favor of the Chiefs. The uh, Andrew Luck f- is uh, so far doing 39 touchdowns to 15 interceptions with 4,593 passing yards. Uh, 67.3% completion. Patrick Mahomes is lighting it the fuck up right now. 66%, 5,097 yards, 50 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Uh, Who do you got winning this weekend? Um, Shitty defenses. Who steps up? I am going for the absolute upset. I am picking the Indianapolis Colts to beat the Chiefs on their own turf. And let me explain to you why. You say that two shitty defenses. I disagree. I think the the Colts' defense has really turned it around um, the past, I think, like six or seven games. And I think that the Colts can do just enough to pull up the pull out the upset. If they can slow down that big pass, that big um, pass attack, or that big play. Um, potential that the chiefs have i think that the colts can just can if they can stay in the game they can win it so that's who i'm rolling with you got the more experienced quarterback in andrew luck who's had a hell of a year i mean he's only right below uh patrick Mahomes. so what did they start the year at the colts it was like awful yeah they've won uh the past uh 10 out of the past 11 of their games, but they were like one in five to start, if I'm not mistaken. Right. 
and they're super hot right now. Yeah, they're doing very well. So um, that's definitely going good for them. But Kansas City is also doing pretty damn well. Um, the thing is about Kansas City, and it's obviously there's a new quarterback in town. So um, maybe this could change. But they haven't won a home playoff game since Joe Montana was their quarterback. Oh, my God. What year was that? That was back in the early 90s. Ouch. Yeah. So this would be even more of a uh, hit to them. That would be yeah, the upset, that would, to be honest that would with hurt. you. Yeah. And, you know, my my uh, head is telling me that the Chiefs are going to win, but I can't help but feel like an upset is probable, very probable. There's a couple situations where I think some upsets could happen. Actually, an upset could very well happen in any of these games. I don't think there's any showstoppers out there right now that can uh, – really just hold it down and just blow somebody out as far as the home team is concerned. Um, I think any team could win this weekend, maybe with the exception of the Eagles. Sorry, Brandon. I know you're, you're rooting for them this off season, but, uh, or this postseason, I should say, but I, I don't, they're think- just, they're just my second team that, you know, when we didn't have the Ravens and I was a kid, that's, you know, you had to pick it. You had to pick a team, you know, yeah, the team I picked was the Packers. I was a, uh, I was a Brett Favre guy, but I, honestly, I like Steve Young more. But I, I like the Packers as a unit altogether. Back when I was a kid, but um, thank God for the Ravens. Thank God we've got a team again. I don't want it to root for anybody else. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say the Chiefs finally break that streak this weekend. I'm I could be wrong. I could be wrong about any of these games. To be honest with you, I I don't think it's a definitive answer for any of these games. Like I was saying, so I think the Chiefs. If I had to gun to my head, had to pick a score, um, I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be like a uh, 30-23 game. Hmm. I think it's going to be high scoring too, but I'm going to go um, 30-27 Indy. I was thinking that at first, but I wasn't sure. Um, It it makes sense at the same time. And I'm going for them because I need to pick an upset. Yeah. And I think that – I just like that. I, I like that matchup. I don't know. I would like to see, and it sucks because we're. I'm a Baltimore fan, and you go, oh, you want to see the Colts win? It's kind of ironic. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't have any ill will. I'm going to roll with the Colts. I'm not rooting for either team to win. I'm Neither am for, I. I think that's probably going to be the best game of the weekend, to be honest with you. Yes, I agree. I think that's going to be the closest. I really feel like that's a field goal game. Very well could be, or a touchdown, one of the two. But um, they could be fighting for something. This one score time. game, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the yeah. next game on the list, wow, house phone's ringing. This is the second time that's happened. A third time during a podcast. So um, the next game coming up is uh, at 8.15 that night. Dallas is traveling to Los Angeles to face not the Chargers, but the Rams. And it's going to be on the Fox Network. The last time these two faced off, it was a 35 to 30 win for the Rams. It was back in 2017. Um, the stats, let me pull it up. Uh, Dak Prescott, not so great. Uh, 67% completion, uh, 3,885 yards, 22 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Jared Goff, on the other hand, 64.9% uh, completion, 4,688 yards, 32 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So slight edge in quarterback goes to Jared Goff. Um, I'm seeing R. Prescott here. Is Dak's real name not Dak? I I 
do not know. I don't care either. I don't give a shit. So, um, <laughs> if I had to, I'm going to go ahead and go first on this one. If I had to go to my head and I had to pick, uh, which one I think was going to win, I'm going to go Dallas just because of the, uh, the run game versus the shitty defensive line. Uh, even though they have really solid names on the defensive line, they just haven't been performing this season. Like Sue has been shit. Uh, Aaron Donald has been pretty damn well as far as like getting the sacks and whatnot, but he hasn't been good at stuff in the run. So um, the, I, I think the run game is going to be potent for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure that the Rams can overcome that. Uh, yes, I uh, I agree that the uh, that the Cowboys can have a, a pretty good uh, rush attack, but but I think that this game is going to be a blowout, and I think it's going to be a blowout, and the Los Angeles Rams made sure I was right on that. <laughs> <laughs> the LA Rams, I think they win. Um, I think they win uh, pretty convincing, pretty convincingly. Because You're the thing a is, blowout, damn. Yes, I think I think by ten actually. I think uh, I think I think home. I think that defense really steps it up. I think the one thing that they have to do is stop the run, and I think they know that. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I really like uh, I really like the Rams in this one. I could see that, to be honest with you. I like the Rams offense a lot better than I like the Cowboys offense because of the creativity. There's definitely none in Dallas, but uh, defenses are definitely a question. I think Dallas has got the better defense, to be honest with you, at least at this point. If you asked me earlier in the season, I would have went the other way. Right, right, right. But but another factor I'm putting in right now and I know that a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, L.A. is not that much of a home crowd. But I think the team, you know, comfort-wise being home, it's a playoff game. I think they will have a decent turnout in the stands. I just like the home team in this situation. I feel like they're both kind of equal. But I think that once you take away that run game from Dallas, I feel like they they really struggle. All right, I got the uh, the name up. You want to take a stab at his real name? So it starts with an R, right? Yes. I'm going to go Robert. No, not even close. Okay, so it's something like Raquel. It's, it's uh, I, I, it might be a little ethnic. Uh, yeah. Raquisha? It's a male name. I Actually, you know, it could be a female name, too. Ryan? Close. Rain. Rain? R-A-Y-N-E. His middle name is Dakota. So that's where the DAC comes from. Prescott. Yeah, I can see why he sticks with Dak. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go by Dak, too. Uh, honestly, yeah. uh, why the hell would you put your middle name on a boy as Dakota? I mean, whatever. I mean, the transgender, whatever. Rain. So, so Anybody can be anything nowadays. Yes. 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 You can you can be whatever you want. I, I you, identify as potato, personally. A potato? Yes. I, uh, I identify as a spenny. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No, I don't. Uh, am you, I going to have to Urban Dictionary that? No, no, no. You, you never watched the show Kenny versus Spenny? No. Oh my God! Anybody is listening right now? They, they're 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 jumping out of their chair because you've never watched Kenny versus Spenny. You know, a lot of people jump out of their chairs when I don't know who the fuck Freddie Goddamn Kitchens is. I don't know. He looks like he he looks like he brings the kitchen with him too. 
That's a big boy, it. ain't it? He's you're calling him fat. <laughs> wow. All right, so I you mean, got a blowout coming on for uh, the Rams versus the Cowboys. I do, and you, after this podcast, are going to watch a Kenny versus Spenny. Well, I got some karaoke to do tonight, but I'll. Uh, is it on Netflix? Mm, you can. I think you can get full episodes on YouTube for free. It was okay. a, uh, pu- a public broadcasted show. It was like uh, in the Jackass era. Okay. You know, it was a show where like two friends like competed against each other, like stupid competitions. Um, th- it's right. funny. It's funny. You'll like it. But yeah, next game. Kenny versus Spenny. Okay, I'll write that down. Um, the next one is another LA team, the LA. Chargers, San Diego Chargers, if you still want to call them that. They're traveling to New England on Sunday at 1 o'clock, 1.05 p.m. Eastern game. It's going to be on CBS. Uh, I'm not even going to ramble off the stats because the stats are pretty damn good for both guys. Um, I got – this is my upset. I think the Chargers are going to win. I don't know how. CJ. Yeah. It is 100% true that opposites attract because we are completely different on every single pick tonight. I think that there's only one team that can go into Gillette Stadium and win in the playoffs. And they're eliminated. And they are eliminated. So I, I just – I don't see it. Don't see it happening. I think He's doing New it England, for his ninth kid, man. He's doing it for number nine. And you know what? I have nothing against the Chargers. I think it would be a, a great little Cinderella story for them to win it all. I really do. I wouldn't mind seeing Philip Rivers, uh, you know, get that ring and possibly uh, walk into the sunset. Um, but I, 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 I mean, that is a tough place, man. That is a tough place. But you're facing I mean, a much softer team this time. Oh around. yeah. Oh yeah. The the Patriots are not the Patriots of old. Yeah. I mean, quite literally, because you know, uh, Tom Brady is uh, you know close to an AARP card. He's got to be. I mean, he's 40 now, so... He's like 42. 41, I believe. Yeah, you're right. 41, yeah. So they're not the same, but regardless of how good they are, that is a hard place to go into and win. Um, I, I think I think that the Patriots, as much as I hate to say it, I think that they pull it off. And it's not a bad pick, to be honest with you. I, I tussled with it a little bit, but it, it's just my gut is telling me that there's going to be an upset this weekend, and I think that's going to be it. it. It makes sense. that It's a safer pick to go with the Patriots because they're known for doing shit in the playoffs. They just are. Right. I mean, they're known for opening up that, that, that you know, uh, that green playbook out of uh, the water boy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking that about. That green folded old rusty notebook and you're coming up with some, some wild plays and, you know, especially plays that we even question if they're legal or not, but well, when uh, you're out there playing foosball with Bobby. Then, <laughs> yeah. I really got to come up with some interesting plays. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I defensively, the Patriots stink. They're awful. God awful. Defensively. The chargers are pretty decent. Offensively, the Patriots are pretty decent, and offensively, the Chargers are pretty decent. So are you I think yourself out of this one. No, no, no. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers won. I wouldn't be surprised one bit. I wouldn't even be surprised if Chargers went in there and and skull dragged them. Um, I'd be okay with it too, even though they just beat our asses. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just I. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it's just like you know how many good teams have went in to Gillette and just completely fell flat. Yeah, I've seen them all line up. I've seen them all try, and I've seen them all fail. With right. The exception of really one. Exactly. Exactly. And if nobody knows who, who that is, they should they should Google it. Yeah, they should look up the uh, – and it's available on YouTube, the 2012-2013 AFC Championship game. Completely right. available and free. Uh, 2009 wildcard game. So uh, yes. look that one up. It, it opened up with, uh, what was it, 80-yard run? Yeah, it was something like that. Ray Rice right up the middle. <laughs> yes. And it wasn't the hey diddle diddle. No. <laughs> the Chargers. <laughs> well, but that was up the middle, wasn't it? It, it was. Yeah, it was over the middle. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Let's let's go ahead and talk. I think we can agree on this one. I mean, I, go with your mind on this next one. Okay. The uh, the defending Super Bowl champions are coming in to New Orleans, and uh, the stats this year: Carson Wentz. Oh wait, he's injured. So you got Nick Foles coming in. I'm not sure what his stats are because they're only showing Carson Wentz is up on the screen for some reason. Uh, this is the only year in a while that Drew Brees has gotten under 4,000 yards by eight yards. He missed it by eight yards, man. Mm. 32 uh, touchdowns, five interceptions, 74.4% completion rating. And they've got Alvin Kamara. They've got Mark Ingram. they got Michael Thomas. I am going with the Saints. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so uh, that Foles magic is pretty crazy, isn't it? Though it is, it is. But I'm going to surprise you on this pick. Actually, I'm not going to just pick with my mind. I'm going to pick with my heart too. I'm picking the New Orleans Saints. Wow! All right, you finally went with your uh, your mind, right? I, but I feel good about the Saints. I feel like Drew Brees. I, I would feel awfully good about him getting another another ring. Yeah, it, it would make sense. Um, I think honestly that his his scar on his face grows uh, deeper and wider when, for every year that he doesn't get a Super Bowl ring. So maybe this will finally cure it up for him. But. Um, Drew Brees has got a if he wants to be considered he's I think he's a Hall of Famer personally I think there's no question I I don't think I don't think this out no no they're 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 on drugs um I think it's a stat padding era and I'm personally I think that he's one of the best that I've ever seen the stat padding listen the people that vote for the pro football Hall of Fame are what old Older generation sports writers and columnists. That's who votes for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it's not all about stats and numbers. Now that's going to change because more of these older guys keep falling off into this generation of uh, the Madden era. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, I, it, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, and I think that he's first ballot without a question. I don't think, I think he could go in to this game uh, and completely fall flat on his face and, and, and retire. And I still think he makes it. Uh, yeah, I concur with that hundred percent, but I think he's going to come in this weekend and you were talking about this earlier. I think this is going to be the blowout game. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a Eagles fan as my secondary team. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm also uh, realistic <laughs> And uh, I think that the Eagles kind of limped their way into the playoffs, and I just I I don't think the talent's there. Oh, they came in ass backwards into the playoffs. 
Right. And you know what? I think it's kind of cool. They kind of broke that, you know, win a Super Bowl and then don't make the playoffs next year kind of thing that was going on for a while. Yep. I think that's kind of cool. And I think that um, Philly fans are happy that they, you know, I mean, they just came off a Super Bowl win, so they're still happy. So I don't think it's a big deal, but um, I think New Orleans, it's like every time they go up against stiff competition, they find a way. I mean, they come into Baltimore and, you know, they face this unbelievable defense and right off the bat, you know, they're going for it on fourth down and, you know, their own territory and stuff. I mean, they're just, I mean, they just, they're ruthless. And I I think, I think, I I agree with you hundred percent. I think this game's not even close. So that's the only game we've agreed on thus far. You picked the Indianapolis Colts, the Los Angeles Rams. You picked the New England Patriots, as well as the New Orleans Saints. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs, the Dallas Cowboys, the L.A. Chargers, L.A. not San Diego, and the New Orleans Saints. So uh, one of us is going to owe each other a beer uh, coming up next week. Yeah, I got no issue uh, betting beer. Um, yeah, I, got no I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's that fair because uh, I drink the cheap stuff and you drink the, uh, you know, the craft stuff. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, yeah, I'm down. I I, uh, I think that any of these games could go either way, honestly. And like I said, yeah, it, and it could be a situation where any of these teams could blow out the other team, but I don't think it's going to happen personally. Except for well, the, the only ga- te- team, I, the only game I don't think is I don't think that Philly would blow out the Saints. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the opposite could happen. Yes, that's the only game where I feel like it's going to be like murder. I know I said, um, I know I said that I thought uh, the Rams would. Uh, win convincingly against Dallas, but I, I think that the, the margin could be even greater um, with the Saints and Eagles. Yeah, the, the Eagles are going to be pissed off because the last time those two faced off, Eagles got the score ran up on them. So they're going to try their damnedest, but I'm not sure. And sometimes your best isn't that, good dude. enough. I, I hate that. It, they're grown men. You know what I mean? Stop complaining about the score being ran up on you. No one cares. Yeah. Go in there and do something. Right. Right. Do something about it. (laughs) I don't get that. All right, man. That's that's the end of my format. Do you have anything you want to add on before I uh, shut the uh, podcast off for the week? Did we cover everything? I think we did. I think so. We talked about who the fuck is Cliff Kingsbury. Got a. Freddie goddamn kitchens in there. We have to talk about him every week for some reason. Um, Vic Fangio, Adam Gase, Terrell Suggs, Lamar Jackson, the games. I think we covered everything. Um, anything you want to say in closing? Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to, to bring up something that you don't talk about much. Yeah. The Orioles. Jesus. Tap dancing. And Christ. baseball. What do you want to talk about, Brandon? So, Who's the new skipper? Mike Elias. Are you happy with that? I am. And let me tell you why. Do you know anything about him? I really don't. Other than the, I think he worked for the Astros, right? Right. Turned a, you know, a team that went by the Lastros. Yep. And he turned him into first place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, you know, young guys that uh, wound up becoming um, some great talents. 
So I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with the uh, the manager hiring. Mm-hmm. The guy who took over for Duquette. No, for took oh, over Skipper. for okay. Buck. Okay, yeah. Took over for Buck. Uh, who took over and, for uh, Duquette though? Well, uh, Duquette was the Mike Elias. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I I got you all mixed up. Yeah, the Mike Elias is the general manager. The new uh, manager is a gentleman that has a really good first name. His name is Brandon Hyde. <laughs> And he was with the Cubs. So, I mean, the Cubs just won a World Series. Yeah, not too long ago. They, not too uh, long ago. Talk about other teams that have uh, went from last to first in, in a hurry. That uh, I'm looking forward to this season coming up. I don't think you should put your expectations very high. But uh, uh, I think it's going to be better. I'm not putting my expectations high at all. I think that uh, it's going to be uh, some pretty crappy for the, at least a couple years, at least. Um, you know, but I think that they could do better. I think they can win more than. I mean, I think they can win less than. A, 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 how do I say this? I think they can. I think they won't have to win, lose a hundred games. I think they can lose less games. Okay. So you think they can win more games this season coming up? Yes. But when you have a team that doesn't win that many games, I'm going with the greater number, which is the losses, ah, okay. um, you know, cause there's a hundred and sixty one or 62 games or something like that. And when you're winning 40, some, um, you go with bringing them losses down, <laughs> Because that's a lot of losses, but it was painful you know. to watch. And uh, I got a feeling that they're turning over the pitching staff this year, right? I I think we we have a couple veterans that that we signed last year that didn't play that well, um, you know. And we got a couple young guys that are bringing in too, but they kind of got to redo the bullpen because we lost a lot in the bullpen and we traded away. Um, Trade away a lot of pieces. Yeah. Got so, for him. Yeah, but you take that payroll off, but we know uh, that they're not going to spend that money again. Can they take Chris Davis off the payroll somehow? Can somebody trade for that? Nope, because in baseball, contracts are guaranteed and you couldn't get – you couldn't – Nobody's I mean, going to take that bullshit contract. No, nah, you couldn't get a reach around for, for uh, him. Or not I mean, even a Klondike bar, nothing. I mean, no. Klondike Del Bar would be too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you couldn't get anything for him. I so. still can't believe we, we signed him to that contract. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It was awful. So there's definitely some dark times ahead. But, you know, when you're at the very bottom, the you can only go up. That's just the, the best way to look at it right now, I guess. Well, I hope you're fucking happy. You made me talk about baseball on my football podcast. I did. I so, did. And now let's talk about soccer. Just kidding. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done with that. Thank you very much. Um, Brandon, thank you very much for coming back on the podcast. And, Thanks, uh, dude. No, no problem. I hope to have you on again in the future. Maybe you and Chad can come on and debate about uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, maybe. I, I, listen, I love Chad. I'm just giving a, I'm just giving a, a an alternate opinion. I hear you because maybe he was I would so. Love to have it though. I'd love to have the uh, debate. To be honest with you, I have no problem doing it. But but in, in the end, we're all still friends and stuff. So I mean, it wouldn't be a very heated debate because you know I, I respect his opinion. I just wanted to give when I heard his spiel, I heard nothing constructive. 
you know, it was just. And you came on and had to be deconstructive. I had to be deconstructive some, but again, like I said, I hope I'm wrong and I hope Chad is, is right. And, you know, we have the Messiah in disguise. <laughs> All know. right, Brandon. Till next right, time. Dude. Thank you, man. Have a good time at karaoke. We'll do. How the hell did I get stuck talking about goddamn baseball? I have no idea. So a little bit of an edit here and peeling back the curtain. Uh, I did this on Thursday night with Brandon, and I'm doing the editing now on Friday evening for this. So there's been a little bit of a news development. There has been a a, a promotion of Greg Roman to offensive coordinator. Marty Morningwig was asked to stay on the staff in a different capacity. But uh, it looks like Marty Morningwig has moved on, and he's going to go try to find another job in the NFL. So with that said, I just wanted to give you guys an update on that. I'm not sure if anybody knew that or anybody cared, but uh, it should be an interesting offseason to come with uh, Greg Roman at the helm in Baltimore as far as the offense is concerned. So uh, that concludes this week's FAPT. Uh, Next week I'm going to try to get a very special guest on here. We're going to see if I can arrange that. It's going to be the uh, son of Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio. His name is Aflo. So I'd like to be able to get him on to talk about Minnesota Vikings, the current product, whatever comes to our minds, just as usual, because that's what the FAP's all about. So uh, until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening this week. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you all next week.